Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast. I am your host, Jaime Garcia. Hey guys. Um, we are at the last podcast before nationals. We are so close. There's so much um, you know, excitement going around for it. I'm super hyped about it. And yeah, like I, I just you know, again, this is the first time I've gone past, uh, essentially, uh, Nevada. Um, I think Arizona's, uh, the furthest east. Uh, I forget. I need to look at a map. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm really stoked for it. Not stoked for the red-eye flight or running with spirit, but, you know, we'll, we'll deal with that. Um, I know that uh, Bill from Garage Heroes and Training is going to be bringing me a Baja Blast, so I'm excited about that. Um, but aside from all of that, we have some little stuff to go over in terms of the Honda Challenge update. And I wanted to talk about something that went kind of viral a little while ago. And I wanted to kind of talk and address about it. Um, fun stuff. Cool stuff. Slick stuff. You know? N- neat stuff. But mainly, like, uh, I-, I guess debunking something that I think most of the listeners here would actually be like, yeah, this makes obvious sense. But I think there are some people who have, like, kind of a mo- mindset that's still, like, in the early 2000s. Um, but, and again, not a negative thing on them. I think that there's just data points that they're ignoring. But, without further ado, we have our... Honda Challenge! (laughs) Update. So, yes, there was racing going on in the Southeast. Sadly, I don't think any of the Southeast people are going to be making it up to Nationals, so that is a bummer. But I am excited to uh, go ahead and meet uh, the rest of the Honda Challenge crew. I'm going to have to figure out how to get down to the southeast. I know Boston and Michael have told me that they're more than happy to host me in terms of uh, showing me around in terms of like the tracks or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'd have to figure out how to get down to the southeast region. Excited about possibly doing that maybe next year. I don't know. We'll see. So... This past weekend, it just ended, um, we saw previous co- you know, previous guests of the podcast from the Southeast region come up with wins at podium finishes. So, without further ado, we'll start off with Honda Challenge on Saturday over at Roblin Road uh, Raceway. We have Boston Mailer coming in with a win and here's here's the thing guys so this is honda challenge h1 boston did a 118.9 now for those that don't know that's freaking flying because the rest of the competition um stayed above at the 120.8 or 120.4 to 0.9 and that's really fast. To give you an idea, Specky 46 was doing 120s. Specky 90, or I think it's a E9X, um, was doing 121s, 123s. 
Spec Iron didn't cross the 120s that same day. They stayed above the 120s. Super Touring 2 was able to go under the 118s. And then Super Touring 3 stayed above the above the um, 119s, almost a 120 with a 119.8. So all that I'm trying to say is that Homeboy was flying. So shout out Boston. That was pretty dope. So first place in the car, 769 car um, out there. Really, really good job on Saturday. Uh, second place, uh, William Hunter in um, car number 305 with a 120. Um, third place, Rob Oxford with a 120. And uh, in fourth place, uh, car number 555. I love that number. Go, go, go in Japanese. Um, Andrew Hicks with a 120 as well. So in Honda Challenge 2, we have previous guest of the show, Michael Kramer in car number 91 with a 122. Giving him the win for that class on Saturday. And then on Sun, or sorry, in second place, uh, car number 628, John Putnam uh, with a 122. Um, a little bit faster than uh, Kramer, but just was not able to get it done. He did get past Team Mordor with uh, car number 181. Uh, with a 123 lap time. And then number zero, uh, Will McKenzie with a 129. So when we move forward to uh, Sunday, let me just make sure I'm not tripping, making sure. So that's the third. This is the second. Yes, so Sunday, uh, Honda Challenge H1. We have Boston Mailer again with a 118.7 on fire. Now on this one, uh, William Hunter was able to get underneath the 120s. So maybe temperatures changed, maybe set, set up things uh, were worked on. But anyways, that is pretty impressive. Um, car number 769, Boston Mailer in first place with that 118. And then Rob Oxford, um, with a 120 in second place, uh, Andrew Hicks in uh, car number 555 with a 121, and then William Hunter sadly fell down three places in the car num in car number 305, and still was was pushing really hard because he did get up to a 119. So I don't know if there was some sort of uh, issue where he went off or something happened in a battle. But yeah, it, it can happen. And then on Honda Challenge H2, Kramer fell down. And then John Putnam in car number 628 was able to push up and get past him. Not only get past him, but put down a much faster uh, lap time doing a 121.9 while Michael Kramer was stuck doing a 122.6. Um, then... It looks like um, Will McKenzie was able to jump up in, and beat out uh, door, uh, Team Mordor with a 128. And Team Mordor really falling off pace uh, with a 132. So that is the Honda Challenge update for the Southeast. 
Outside of that, I think everybody else is really just getting ready for nationals. So that will conclude the Honda Challenge! So, um, for nationals, um, I will be there. Um, I have been asked to help out with some of the announcing in terms of like, uh, on pit interviews. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, I've told, uh, many of the Honda challenge racers that if they need something, if they need me to go on a parts run for them, my first priority is with the Honda challenge racers. Of course, um, if the Texas guys need anything, I'm going to be front and center to do as much as I can. So that will be my first priority is making sure I can do anything I can to help and keep those guys out on track. Um, so if I'm able to, I would very much love to help with any of the broadcasting that's being uh, brought up. Um, you know, they, they've reached out to me, uh, to be part of it, I think in on grid, uh, interviews. So if you're looking at the live stream and you see a familiar face or a familiar voice pop up, <laughs> um, yeah, I might be, I might be in there. So, uh, thank you, uh, for that. But we, um, we are, you know, one week away. Uh, most of all the short uh, shirts have uh, already arrived by now. I, I think there were like two people that we were waiting on. I think it was just uh, Baker's family and uh, Dylan. But aside from that, I I, I just want to say thank you for everyone who bought the shirts. Like that has been really awesome. Um, it's really nice to see, you know, me trying to build up some uh, promotion for the race and seeing all of you guys react so positively to it um, and purchasing shirts and whatnot. And I, I completely understand I don't have a good setup uh, for processing payments and whatnot. It's kind of like very um, not, not conducive for sales, if you will. But um, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and yeah, you know, um, hopefully I can help everyone out who, um, has wanted to get a shirt and getting a shirt to them as quickly as possible. So with that being said, um, I arrived Friday morning, uh, to the, um, Pittsburgh area. I might need to take a nap or two, uh, to get me back on there, but I should be out on track, uh, going and talking to people, and, um, in around by noon, um, I don't know, actually, that would be something that I need to look up right now, is what is the schedule for, um, Honda Challenge, um, Nationals in terms of the gridding pattern. So, for those that are still kind of new to the setup that they're going to be running, um, Friday will be a qualifying run where it's based off of your fastest lap. Ugh, sorry about that. Hold on. Let me take a sip. Apologies for that. Um, so it will be um, a 
my my computer loves to fight with me. I, I I don't know if you guys have this where um like you're you're doing something and when you're typing it in for um your your computer and you're used to a different keyboard and you end up hitting um like a different freaking key all the time so I kept on hitting home. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so Friday, here we go. We have the times up, and let's see. So Friday, I should be at on track um, by noon, and then it looks like Honda Challenge will be in Group F. Um, Chris Carver, I think, is going to be the group lead for that one. So Group F qualifying for friday and they're going to be doing the fastest lap group f qualifying is at 10 20 a.m and group f uh warm-up is going to be at 8 30 so sorry about that that was a little bit of a hiccup um so it looks like in terms of what's going on there um I might be able to see the qualifying. I'll, I'll try and uh, do uh, a live stream on Instagram for this. Uh, I'm going to try my best to do uh, more video stuff, uh, even if they're just like quick vlog style ones onto Instagram. So make sure you're following the Race FF Pod uh, Instagram page. There will be a lot of uh, pictures, a lot of um, video clips going up on there. And on Saturday, Group F warm-up starts off at 10.40 a.m. Then what they're going to be doing on Saturday is they're going to be doing a qualifying race. So much like qualifying in terms of like your fastest lap being um, where you're going to be positioned for the race, on Saturday it will be essentially a race to see who gets put up first for the actual race. And that's, you know, kind of an interesting setup because, you know, you get a little bit of a pre-race to see how, how strong the competition is in there. And given the last conversation that I had with uh, Baker, it's really showing up why you want to do your best on all three days because... You can't really afford to sandbag it on uh, Friday because then you're going to have a bad position for Saturday uh, qualifying. And then Sunday, um, you're going to end up in the back. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's essentially they this is a crucible, if you will, in terms of uh, testing the drivers out there. And it looks like the... Um, qualifying race will start at 4 p.m on saturday for honda challenge so from there we move into sunday sunday is the national championship so for the national championship and again shout out to nasa of arizona um or arizona uh <laughs> Honda Challenge from Texas. Um, 
because they were able to get me on this uh oh oh look at this look well well you look at this um they moved up the race so the race is now at 3:55 p.m. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> that that's a lot better. Um still I don't think I would be able to make uh my flight cuz again that would be I think it leaves at 5:40. Yeah, it's still like really really tight. And it's going to be a 45 minute race. So from 3:55 p.m. to 4:40 p.m. Um that is the Group F Championship race, which is Honda Challenge. So they'll have Legends and then TR. I don't know what TR is. Hopefully it's something that they will not be showing the the entire race of. Um, because last year, you know, as much as I, you know, appreciate people um, doing the live stream... Um, Man, we didn't even get any Honda Challenge uh, showcasing until, like, freaking, what was it, like, third lap or anything like that. So we didn't see the start. We didn't see any of the cool stuff that I wanted to see, you know, cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. And, yeah, so that that's kind of uh, what's going to happen. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to record a podcast after the race um but you know it it is uh i I will try and do a podcast after that we will see what happens um so in terms of podcast uh scheduling as soon as i record it i'm gonna jam it through um a mobile uh thing that i brought for a tablet that i purchased and um once it goes through that, I should be able to upload it at the hotel Wi-Fi up and um planning to have you have a podcast for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if all of those things work out, which I hope they do, um yeah, um you guys will have three podcasts for nationals. So really, really excited about that. So I was alluding to this conversation that kind of, I I don't think it's a a viral conversation, but I think it was an interesting conversation. And um, I also mentioned that I think it's something that, you know, has a early 2000s mindset. So that came off of, and let me see if I still have this. So it was a, another podcast. I really don't listen to them. Um, and it's not a knock on them and no disrespect to them. I'm, I'm, again, they do have a way bigger podcast than I do. And this isn't to chase clout or anything like that. But I saw a Trick Factory Customs um, post one where the conversation as it was um, mentioned it was around saying that if you if you buy a track Honda Civic versus buying a BMW M3 um, and then tracking the M3, like 
you're essentially overbuilding the Civic to like a ridiculous level where it's, you know, far beyond um, what the intended use was of the vehicle. Whereas like a BMW M3 of the time for 35,000, you could buy something that's just going to go out there and then do hundreds of lap times or hundreds of laps. Um, what was the phrase? I think they said you can track a hundred times with just buying tires. Ah, I, I strongly disagree with that. And I think that most people here would be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, because uh, I think I have a high road racing, um, you know, group of people so i started thinking about it and i'm like well are 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 they being honest or are they just capping or maybe it's something that you know they don't know and i remember having conversations with people saying you know like you know the badge battles if you will like oh that's a honda it can't beat a porsche or oh this is a bmw it has to be faster than you, you know, a, a Mustang or whatnot. And there are those badge battles where I, I think in the zeitgeist, or I'm not sure if I'm using that phrase right or that word correctly, but in, in popular co culture, there's a hierarchy of brand names. People assess level and performance to them that maybe is warranted or maybe is you know, just over-warranted. So I started thinking about it, and I'm like, well, is what this person is saying actually honestly feasible? And let, let's put some numbers to it. So it allowed me to do one of uh, what I think is my favorite hobbies and what I think a lot of us uh, car guys' uh, favorite hobbies is. Um, it's like, all right, let's go on Facebook Marketplace and let's see what's out there. And can this really do what they're saying? 100 track days. Or, hold on, let, let me not. Uh, you can track 100 times. Oof. Uh, so, I've decided to go with... Um, that kind of budget, which is $35,000. Let's say I have $35,000 and I want an M3. So which M3 would I be getting? Now, from what I've seen, and thanks to my exposure with uh, John from 91 Octane, and if you're not listening already, you should. I was on this week's episode, so go ahead and take a listen. We did a chassis battle in terms of who knew their perspective brand's uh, chassis better i think you might be surprised <laughs> anyways short plug for that um so i went on facebook marketplace and i found in you know the um prescribed uh setup which is um a thirty-five thousand dollar m3 that you could just put tires on it and go and track so i was looking around and I found this 2008 BMW M3 for $33,998. Now, is this going to be $35,000 outside of uh, out the door? No, 
taxes and fees and all of that are going to throw it out. But we're looking at the quote-unquote sticker price, which I think is what the original poster was alluding to. And again, we're, we're trying to give the benefit of the doubt. Let's see if, you know, for $35,000, because I'm trying to get to that uh, price range, would that be realistic? So, um, that model BMW, as I'm pulling up um, the tire sizes from Tire Rack, um, came with two um, tire sizes because it's staggered. So it came originally with, I think, let me go back up. What is it? So it came with 18s. And from what I'm able to see, it was the tire that I went with for the BMW was something that uh, they could drive on track and uh, drive on the street, which again has its compromises, but I wanted to be fair to that car. And I looked at the Yokohama Advent Neoba AD09s. So currently, as of today, you can find um, these new tires uh, for that BMW fitment of a 245 front, uh, 40 series sidewall, 18 front tire with a 265 rear, 40 series, 18, 18 size wheel um, rear for... The front is almost two ninety three dollars uh, per se, and the rears are three sixty one, so that comes out to uh, about thirteen hundred dollars. Put another hundred dollars to slap those guys on, and then we we have you know you add up the um, what was it the thirty what was the price of these this BMW thirty three thirty three I'm horrible at math so. Please forgive me. 3398. And why, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Always fighting with my computer. It, it, it loves to fight me. 33. 33998. Let me go ahead and add the 13.06. <sighs> Sometimes I can't math. Sometimes I, I honestly cannot math. All right, so that comes out to... Man, why why is this thing, like, fighting me so hard today? I don't know. I don't know, guys. So the price is 33 I'm sure by now you're like, dude, this is the actual price. Like, stop having us on for that. So it, it turns out to be just $500 under the um 35k price point and this is again not including like labor and taxes and whatever bullcrap that would probably put it at thirty-five thousand dollars. so this is as close as i could get to that price range now how many times can this car go out and do laps at button willow Oof. He, here's the here's the thing guys most people that have been out on track know that 
you need breaks to do fast lap times. You can maybe get away with doing a hot lap, maybe two since it's an M3. It might have good stuff from the factory. And maybe they, they've they continued to use those same uh, factory paths on the um, on the BMW. But, man, I will tell you, stock paths are, are, you know, kind of a compromise. Because they're trying to make sure that it's low dust, very quiet for driving out on the street, and then has some performance to slow the car down. Without addressing the braking system, I mean... In all honesty, your lap times are going to be so slow. And it is, it is almost an unfair battle. But, again, unfair battle is essentially what what that podcast had um, kind of built up for. So, what, what would I give this car in terms of uh, capability of being able to go out and do a lap time in i mean a stock m3 of this generation i think given my exposure to john i would not track it um just because of the fear of the rod bearings those are a known issue with that chassis john has told me about it it's um i think like a two thousand dollar job if you get like a private shop to do it he's had like another shop do it uh for his uh bmw m3 and I think he would reiterate the fact that, hey, you cannot take a car like that to the track without doing the rod bearings. So without DQing it uh, for spinning a rod bearing, because again, we don't know. And they may have done this uh, thing already and it's maybe not out there. But I think short of having a good uh, coil over suspension and dialing in the suspension a little bit more um and good uh track pads you're gonna struggle to do more than two or three laps so already on the statement of getting the car and doing a hundred track days i'm like i'm sorry i'm calling cap on that one a hundred percent now the other thing that they mentioned was you can go out there and get a Honda and spend $35,000 on a Honda and still not be able to do what you can with the, with the, um, with that BMW and with the BMW, you would be able to sell it for that same price. So I started thinking to myself, well, is that really cap? And for most people that um, have race cars out there, I think they would um, go ahead and say like, yeah, it is harder to sell a race car. So I think race car to race car uh, would be a fair comparison, but that's not uh, what the um, person had posted about. So again, I get to go on my favorite website, which is... Uh, going on in um facebook marketplace and i thought about it and i'm like Let, let's handicap the competition which is the hondas a little bit more um so what i figured i can do is 
$35,000, honestly, that's way too much money. <laughs> you're, you're, you're blowing like the amount of money that you're going to be doing with that. So let's make it 20 at most. I don't even know like how low to go, but let, let's figure something out. So I went back on fa Facebook Marketplace and I thought about it and I'm like, well, I mean, if you wanted to go out there and beat on this two lap wonder uh, BMW M3, um, what would you take to go ahead and smash on it? Well, well, a great com a great question, Jaime. What would I do? So I could easy just choose the easy button, which is get a ITR for twenty grand, put coilovers on it, and coilovers, brake pads, um, do a refresh and up, maybe even look at doing a stronger LSD. And honestly, it would run circles around a setup that um, this person had, um, had mentioned. It's just like not even fair. So I wanted to go, let, let's go, let's go cheaper. Let's, let's go lower than that. So what I figured was like, well, let's take something that's going to be realistic and add in the caveat of, you know, they're going to be driving their car there. We should be required to, quote unquote, drive the car there and back. Okay. For most of all of the Hondas out there, especially like the B-series ones that I'm looking at, they are going to realistically need to go through the engine. Honestly, you, you could be very lucky in finding one that is out there, but it, it's it's going to be hard, especially with something that old. Um, I am looking at a Integra based out of Modesto. That's a 2001 GSR with 150,000 miles. Um, that one is going for about 12K, which I think that is a solid performer for that. But what I'm actually going to go with is a 2000 Integra GSR Sport Coupe from Fremont. So this one is listed at having 130,000 miles. Eh, I don't think so. Um, so it says that it has 220,000 miles on the chassis. There we go was shop, uh, swapped with a GSR motor from a 97 GSR. We don't know the true mileage of it. So realistically, you're just going to have to do an OEM Plus uh, rebuild. Now, from my experience, um, redoing a block, maybe at RS Motors or um, I think with Cole, if you just do the block and the head, just get them refreshing up, put new valve strings on it. You're looking at about $2,000 putting ARP uh, rod bolts and um, replacing the rod bearings on it. You do that, you're going to have a healthy GSR engine, making sure you have good compression, good everything else so that you don't have to worry about that. So that jumps the price up to eight grand. So, all right, we're there. Now, the next thing that I know for a fact helps these Hondas is 
you need to take the and the transmission out and send it to the homie at Ghostworks. I don't know how much he he charges, but given that he may not do a B series, you might also want to try and find a Honda Challenge racer who's uh well known with these transmissions and there there's plenty of people that can help you with that one. But what I would think you can do with that car is get a 49 final drive and if it's me that I'm going to be putting the budget on that I'm going to do 49 final drive with a uh OS Geekin or Geikin um LSD. So parts alone we're looking at about 2 grand for that. So that brings us up to 10. Put another labor, put it on uh, at maybe $1,000 for labor. Not exactly sure what it would be, but that's assuming everything is good. So now in terms of drivetrain, we're pretty much there. Uh, the GSR is not known for uh, having crappy brakes, but let's say we upgrade those uh, calipers to Type R calipers. You can still get those remanufactured. So upgrading those, getting the brake pads, some Hawk DTC-60s, or um, as Jackie is a great fan of, uh, Jackie from Lowbuck Motorsports, putting in um, some ST-43 pads uh, from Ray Bestos, front and rear, with Type R calipers. Now you have the brake system that, you know, most people would be very, very happy with. And um, Garage Heroes and Training Bill has told me that the ST43 pads last for hundreds of laps. So, easy easy button there. Put it that you're spending eight to... Let, let's make it another thousand. So, we started off with the engine rebuild, the purchase price, which is six. Um, so, we started off with the six thousand. We're adding in another... Um, we're adding in another 2000 for the engine build. Um, why, why does my computer always fight with me? I don't know why this loves to fight with me. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, guys. So, Jesus, man. It, it keeps on, like, doing dumb things. So, I'm, I'm really annoyed. <laughs> I am on the struggle bus with this one. So we have, we'll start off with the 8,000, including the engine rebuild. We'll add in there the, another two grand in parts uh, for the final drive and um, LSD, which that brings us up to 10K. Man, this is, this is, this is a failure. Like, just straight failure. I'm going to use my phone for that one because I cannot use the calculator app on the computer. I, it just it just doesn't like addition. <laughs> you know, it, it reminds me with all this talk of uh, Ch chat GPT taking over that, you know, for the f most part, um, our, our setup is going to keep us safe for a while. And then we put in another $1,000 uh, for labor er, to get those parts installed for um, for what's it called? The, um, for the uh, transmission. So we're at 11000 And already we have a strong driveline, a strong um, LSD, 
the strong uh, gearing. So all of those things together are going to be really killer. Next, honestly, is going to be uh, wheels and tires. For me, I'm stupid budget oriented. And since we're just trying to beat this car around the track, I'm going to go Koenig Dialins. Koenig Dialins are 11 pounds each, 15 by 7s, or you could go 15 by 8s. And I think it's like 180 a wheel, so under 200 uh, bucks. You could put some 200 treadwear tires. Um, I'd probably go with um, the Falcons, or um, to be fair, we should probably go with whatever the uh, tire rack su suggestion was for um, for. The M3, which is an... Uh, where is it? Da, 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 da. Okay, here we go. The Yokohama Advent Niobas. What are they in? <sighs> I, I don't know why. Like, you used to be able to click on the tire and it gave you all the different um, sizing before. Um, now they, they don't allow you to do that anymore, which is rather unfortunate in terms of the customer, um, interface, which is, I, I think really, really annoying. Um, so let's go with my setup, which I really like is the 225-45-15 and Let's see what those Yokos come at. Uh, brand, where are they? Yokohama's not even on there for that price. So it won't be an exact apples to apples comparison. So something kind of on the same uh, spectrum, I would hope. In terms of a fast tire. Now oh, this is pretty annoying. Hmm. Should we go maybe different tire size of a 225? Maybe a 205? Because, you know, a lot of Honda Challenge drivers are still driving uh, 205s. So going with a 205 50, 15. Let's see if we can get the Yokos on here. Now, I know there's an option to... Um, there we go to choose just um, the tire brand, but here's what I'm able to figure out for the um, the Yokohamas. Now, this is the same uh, tire, the Advan Nioba ADO9s. I'm gonna try and use the, the freaking laptop um, calculator, but let's see if it pretends to be nice. So for for those you're looking at about 670. So we'll add in there um put it at an even 750 with mounting and balancing. So let's see we're at 11,000. We're going to add in those tires so 750. So 11750 plus we're going to have to add in the tires from Goodwin Racing. I believe they're 180 each. So 180, we multiply that four. 
we get 720 so we add in the 720 to that one and it's at 1270 so it's 12470 uh what we're at now the last bit of the setup is going to be to go to our friends at ASR um racing which honestly with with a Honda like Golden Era you just you just want to get a good rear sway bar and I, I don't I don't know how you can go out there and not choose ASR. ASR is just freaking locally made. Love the, the people there. So I'm going to go with um, the setup that I got for my EG because I know how it's going to handle really well. So we're going to add in there the rear sway bar. And that's going to be 640, it looks like, for the brace. The hollow tube uh, rear sway bar. So let's just do it 650 to make it even. And now we need to go with coilovers. Now, being that I've had them on here before, um, I, I, I've got to, I've got to support, um, uh, what is it, uh, Redshift. Formally standard, um, where, is, where are they? Suspension, there we go. Redshift, where are they? Man, I, I am on full struggle bus. Like, ah, uh, there, there is, there is a hell <laughs> for me. Oh, uh, and it is finding stuff online while I'm, uh, essentially looking things up. So Redshift Motorsports. There we go. There they are. So I'm going to go ahead and look at their competition coilovers, which, um, from what I'm seeing here, let's see what they, what would they do for a 2000, Integra. Add to cart. We're looking at about $1,800. So we're going to add those $1,800 to our current of $13,120. We're going to add the redshift coilovers. Redshift coilovers of $1,800. We're at $14,920. And let's put in another $1,000 for suspension bushings, like the hard race um, bushings for the front control arms, lower control arms, and make sure that we have all hardened bushings. So for a price of just, it looks like, we're adding that $1,000. That brings us to a total of $15,920. So almost half, less than half of that $35,000. And essentially we built a kind of a Honda Challenge 2 H2 car with no weight from uh, 
no weight from a roll cage, no weight from a safety system, and essentially a carb legal car because we haven't really added much power modifiers on there. We could put in another grand on top of that easily in terms of like adding an AM intake headers in a capback system for like a Tanabe medallion and still be well within that price range. Um, you have a car that is going to go out on track and okay, maybe add a Koyo Rad in there as well. So another, let, let, let's do another 1500 in terms of power mods and then cooling mods for, for that. So we add in another 1500, 17420 is the total. You have a track day vehicle that is going to be able to do hundreds of laps, still be smog legal, and drive around on, on track all day, every day. I mean, that, a freshly rebuilt engine uh, from bad guys, I've, dro I've driven mine from freaking... Washington State down to SoCal, tracked it, raced it, and hasn't missed a beat, beat at all. And all honesty, I think that would be a way funner vehicle to drive than a BMW that's going to eat through its uh, first set of brake pads um, on its first track day. Um, so, what did we learn? One, Jaime cannot look these up and work his calculator on his uh, laptop because it fights him the entire way, which is freaking wild. I, I've never had that kind of a fail before. But what we've learned there is that that statement that you have a car that's, you know, $35,000 and they can do hundreds of laps that's going to be an M3 for that price range. I think it's cap. Um, an H2 car, or prepped like an H2 Honda Challenge, um, Golden Era Honda, is, is just going to go out there and just do laps on top of laps on top of laps. Now, I'm not the only one who's mentioned uh, this kind of flaw in their system. I have to give a shout out to a previous guest of ours uh, who kind of uh, pointed this out which is uh, Nikki Hayes. Uh, it looks like three weeks ago he mentioned it, and therefore, what kind of track-ready M3s uh, are you going to find for 35K, like, that you don't need anything to do, that you can track a hundred times? Like, the maintenance required in that is wild, and it's different to run 15-inch tires than... 18-inch tires, they eat double the consumables, brakes, fluids, and tires. I, 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 I can't, I can't give you guys more of an example of how this early 2000s mindset where, you know, people looked at, you know, oh, this is a, a Porsche. Like, I bought this Porsche Boxster. It's going to be able to beat anything that's a lower brand name. And you go out there, and then all of a sudden, you see Stubbs is pulled up next to you in his 350Z. And you're like, oh, I got a Porsche. I'm going to outrun him. No, you're not. <laughs> you are not going to outrun that just with tires. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Or I got an M3. It's going to fly off of the straights like that. And it's like, yes, 
you may be able to pull out of a dig faster than uh, an Integra GSR. But the problem is that you're not drag racing. And, you know, while, yes, you, you're doing a highway pull and you're going to be able to outrun this car possibly, the issue is that those straights out on the racetrack, they are not, they don't exist by themselves. And cornering speed is huge because it does not matter how much power you have. If the car is going 10 miles an hour faster than you are coming out, coming out to the front straight, it's going to pass you. doesn't matter if it's a Miata, a GSR, H2 like prepped car, you're getting past, bro. Like it's, it's something that's kind of wild. And, um, you know, I, I saw this with a person that I instructed out on the rain with their new Corvette and, Honestly, new Corvette, phenomenal vehicle. Like, it's so dope. But when we were out on the corners, um, you know, he was taking it pretty gingerly at uh, Big Willow, turn two. And I was looking at the speedometer, and I'm like, okay, we're doing like 60, 65. All right, the car feels good. We're going through there. And he's like, um, there were there afterwards uh, talking to me they're like yeah i was really pushing it in turn two and um, i didn't have the heart to tell them that me and my single cam eg i'm like at 80 miles an hour through that corner and if it's carlos he's like high 80s through that corner flying through and it's like what yeah you could be ahead of me and we're coming out of there and right as you're trying to roll on the gas i'm going 10 15 miles faster than you you're getting past and you're not going to be able to hang um with a stock car so essentially uh beating this dead horse um yeah cars that are better prepped lighter weight are going to be doing a lot better than just a stock bmw m3 um that's you know for thirty five thousand dollars so with that being said, um, again, this is no disrespect to the people from that podcast or anything like that. I, I think clearly they know something that I'm not because they're doing way better than I am. But I just think that on this specific uh, point, on this specific setup, uh, they're completely incorrect. And um, yeah, sa sadly, um, you know, I, I think they're that once you start tracking and going out to a circuit track, you start to realize what are the biggest deltas for speed and what really gives you um, good power and good, you know, returns on, on that, uh, on that investment of time, because it's, it's a cruel, it's a cruel freaking uh, measurement because the clock doesn't care how well you've done something. The clock doesn't care about, how high of, of a prestige your your car is it it cares how fast did you get from this point to this point and if you're not doing it if your setup is not doing it then guess what it it doesn't care it doesn't care if you're a mazda versus a porsche if it doesn't it just doesn't care and yeah that that can be very very frustrating talk to me about it <laughs> 
All right, and with that, guys, uh, that random tangent. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys stayed in there for that one. Um, I think that if you had that kind of a built um, Integra, you could easily sell it for um, the high tens. Um, so with any vehicle that you track, any car that you're going to be putting out on track, you're going to lose money on it. Um, like, look, you just are. Um, is the Integra GSR going to be worth, uh, $35,000? Maybe I'm bringing a trailer. Um, uh, but I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to do hundreds of lap times, hundreds of track days while that BMW built to that spec is really only going to be able to do two, maybe three lap times before it, it starts overheating the brakes. And unless you start addressing like little issues like that, then yeah, I think most of the people that you see with E90s, uh, BMWs that are built out there, they're going to struggle. And pointing it back to the Honda challenge update, we can see Boston Mailer doing a 118 0.9 versus spec e90 which i guarantee are not freaking thirty-five thousand dollar bmws they're doing 123s and 121s again not talking smack about these people but there is a very big difference between you know something like a honda that's built really well for that and you focus and tune it to that that you know you're, you're going to be able to do it. Now, the S2000 being the 35,000. Now, that's a real, real, real possibility. Like, those S2000s are really expensive. I, th I think I think you could get an S2000 to about that price range. I mean, I know that Carla Pistotnik is selling hers, and I would not want to be in an E90 trying to chase her down in that S2000. That would suck. That now, if you really wanted to like bring a stock M3 and get freaking clowned on, yeah, put Carla's freaking S2000 driven by Carla, and you put who you want on a stock brake pad freaking car with 807s, and let Carla go out there, um, and you try and keep up with her for a hundred laps, and we'll see, we'll see where you are. <laughs> so with that, guys. Um, I will see you next time at nationals. So if you're around there, look, look for, uh, somebody wearing, um, the battle at pit race shirt with the race FF logo on the back. It's kind of small, but if you see that, eh, it's probably going to be me. Say hello. Um, I'll, I'll take a picture with you if you're, if you got the, um, rate the battle at uh pit race, uh, t-shirt. So, yeah, I'm super excited, guys. I'm so stoked. And I will see you guys at Nationals. And for now, we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.